0: Merry Christmas, oh what fun is the theme we're on for the rest of the year because hey that's just how we roll, join the fun, join the family. I'm so glad you're here today. You are in for a special treat. One of our dear friends Reverend Hope Lamberson is here to encourage you today, to minister to you today and I have known Hope literally all of her life. Her dad was my pastor growing up. Her dad is my spiritual father. And so we go way, way back. And uh, actually, Hope went to India with us, was it last, last year? And man, what a tremendous blessing she was and what a great preacher she is. So you're in for a treat. So Harvest Church, do me a favor. Everybody get up on your feet and let's make some noise for Reverend Hope Lamberson this morning. Well, good morning, Harvest Church Mobile. How is everybody doing today? I am so so excited and honored to be here this morning on behalf of Pastor Kevin and Adrian. Like Pastor Kevin said, we have known each other for quite some time. And so we go way back and when they asked me to come and speak, I was so thrilled. Let me tell you guys, you guys have such amazing pastors. If you're new to this church, I want to encourage you to get to know them. One of my favorite things about Pastor Kevin and Pastor Adrian, Is their love and their heart for the people in this house and in this church, but also in the community? Let's give it up for each other if you're involved here at the church in the community. That is amazing. So, I am here, and uh, like Pastor Kevin said, my name is Hope Lamberson, and I have been in full time ministry for over 20 years. I'm not going to tell you my age, you'll probably figure that out a little bit later. Um, But I still like to believe I'm fairly young still. So um, I have been married for 17 years to a wonderful man who is our executive pastor at my home church back in Mississippi. Um, We, I call him my beefcake. There's a story about that. I'm not going to tell you guys that story. Um, But nonetheless, he is our executive pastor. And we have together three little boys. I say little, but really they are growing into thriving, strong Uh, men that God is gonna use so I'm excited to be here you know Pastor Kevin mentioned that you all are in a series called Oh What Fun and when he told me that series he was like you know however you can work that into your message I'm like that's not hard Um, and so I was just praying about it you know how many of you know it's a good idea to pray Amen. It's a good idea to get to know God. And so as I was praying about what um, the Lord would have me minister on this morning and come and speak about, um, he gave me a message that I believe is going to strengthen you, it's going to equip you, it's going to encourage you regardless of what your background is and where you come from, regardless of what you're facing right now, um, even if it seems like it's impossible. We serve a God that says nothing is impossible. Amen. To him who believes And so um, as I was praying Like I said the Holy Spirit just began To speak some things to me and he said Hope oh what fun it is To serve God He said oh what fun it is to know God Oh, what fun it is to move in the spirit of God, to see God move. Oh, what fun it is to be free. Amen. Come on. Do we have any free people in this place today? Oh, what fun it is, it is to be set free. Oh, what fun it is to see God move and answer the prayers that you've been believing for, whether it's months, weeks, or years, that God says that there is a lot of fun in getting to know him. How many of you know we don't serve a deadbeat God? at least the God that I serve amen the God that I serve says that he is fun to get to know that he wants you to open up your heart and your life towards him and let him move in your life and do things in your life and in my life that we cannot do apart from Jesus Christ so I am excited with the message that Lord has put on my heart today for you all before we get started I want to make mention of some things out at the merch table out there now this shirt I have in my hands it is a lot of fun pretty much everything on that table is a lot of fun so men I'm sorry but you cannot wear this shirt I do not recommend you putting this on obviously because it says girl gang Um, but we've got some sweatshirts out there that you can be a part of we have some decals and we have some buttons out there and I want to talk just real quick before we get started about these buttons a few months ago the Lord put it on my heart as I was speaking in Destin Florida to about 300 young people people and and women and youth pastors and I was talking to them and the Lord was like, you know, I want you to come up with an idea that comes from me that you can send out to this particular group of people. So I was like, Awesome, God, that's no pressure at all. I've never done a merch table, but we're gonna go with it. And so he put the idea of a hope button. And really, you know, I was like, really God, that's what I get like I'm talking to you in prayer and you say come up with a hope button. Little did I know that this hope button would actually go all around the world when i say all around the world how many of you know when you give your life over to god and you're truly in this thing to know god and allow god to do a work in you and through you god says you take the limits off him amen whatever he wants to do you open up your life to him and allow him to do that and so um, we made this button and everything, and, and the Lord really put it on my heart with this button to actually partner with a nonprofit organization found in Dallas, Texas, where they were helping uh, women build a safe house for women that are being currently right now sex trafficking in the Dallas-Fort Worth area as well as through exploitation, and they're building a safe house for, for these women. And so the Lord was like, Hope, I want you to sew out of your own pocket, to." 250 buttons, that was not cheap. um, Sew it into this organization and watch me do what I want to do with it. And so I went out there, got the buttons, shipped them out to those people, and now they are currently putting these buttons not just in the lives of these people that are out there within the home and ministering to them and giving them a message of hope, but they're also being shipped all across the world who are subscribing to this box that it goes in, which is amazing, Um, and anybody can really be a part of this box wherever you are in the world because it's through this particular organization. But not only has God moved in the way of a button like this, but the buttons are really a tool of communication. You know, I want to encourage you that if you do go by the, the table not to just get a button for yourself. That's great if you do that. But get these buttons so that you can follow after the voice of God and give to someone else who is in need of a message of hope. Um, recently, we had a lady called me up through, I said call me up, but she found me on social media and never met her in my life. And she was like, I want to get 50 of your buttons. I was like, shut the front door. Like 50? I didn't even have 50 at that time. And she was like, yeah, I want 50. And I said, why do you want 50 of these buttons? And she said, I have a nonprofit organization where I'm a clinical nurse, and I provide free sonograms for women who find out that they are pregnant, and there's a possibility that many of them that come through this clinic, while getting their sonogram, are thinking about aborting their babies. And she said, I want to give them a button to let them know That God sees them, that God loves them, and there is hope not only for them, but for their child. So when I say God is doing amazing things, like that is the message of hope. That is what God wants us to do in all of our lives. Um, So make sure you stop by. That table, take a look at those resources. There's a couple free things. How many of you love some free things? I know I do. There's a couple of free things you can pick up at the table as well. Let's open up with a word of prayer before we get started. Father, you are amazing. You are such a good God. You are the God that sees us, Father. And you know everything that we face, everything that we walk through, God. And I thank you, Father God, for each and every man and woman, single person, married person, young boy or girl in this place. Father, everyone that is watching online today, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you open their ears, you open their heart, you open, Father God, exactly what it is that they need to hear you speak and allow you to speak the truth into their world, Father God, during this season, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are so wonderful. God, we cannot do anything apart from you and your plan. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, that whatever needs to be said in this service, God, that you do what only you can do so masterfully. And you, Father God, say exactly what needs to be said. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. How many of you love the word of God? Amen. I could not do what I do if it wasn't for my relationship with the Lord. It's important. Um, You know, when I was praying about this message today, it's titled, Hope Found. And when I was preparing this message, actually months and months ago, I actually taught this same message at our church um, back in Mississippi. And anyway, when I was preparing for this message, the first scripture the Lord gave me was found in Luke 19 and 10 and probably many of you know this scripture if you've been coming to a church or maybe you've watched online church before you've probably heard of this scripture it's called Jesus is speaking here in Luke and he is saying I have come aren't you glad he came for you amen I said aren't you glad he came for you even when we didn't deserve it even when we thought we weren't going to make it Jesus said here in Luke 19 and 10 I have come to seek and save what was lost? You know, when I read this scripture, a lot of times I used to think, well, God says that He's coming to seek and save the lost, meaning people that don't know Christ, people that aren't believers, people that are not saved and haven't accepted Jesus. And that is 100% true. But also when I read this verse, something the Lord has shown me in the scripture is that Jesus has come not only to seek and save what was lost of those who don't know him, but Jesus has come to seek and save people that have once lost something. Maybe you're in here today in this room or maybe you're watching online, wherever you're watching from, and the Lord is speaking to you in this moment and you say, Hope, I've lost some things. There are some things that I have forgotten. There are some things that I've lost, lost dreams or, or whatever it may be. And maybe you're watching and you've just like lost something and it was something that was valuable. It was something that was of great worth. You know, it could be you lost your wedding ring in the natural. Or maybe you lost something your parent gave to you as a young child. Or, or maybe you're in here today and you've lost something that is even deeper than that. You've lost your joy. Maybe you've lost your peace. Maybe you've lost your dreams. You had a dream, you had a goal, you had a a vision, something you were wanting to achieve and it didn't work out. Maybe you're watching today and you're listening today and you say, you know, I've lost something. I've lost something. Everyone experiences loss whether they know Christ or not. And everyone experiences loss on all different levels. And maybe you lost something a few years ago. Maybe you're going to lose something in the future But Jesus Christ says that I have come to this earth to seek and save what was lost out of your life. And not just seek and save it, I've come to restore it. Amen. I've come to fix it. I've come to put my approval on it. And so whatever it is that that looks like for loss in your life, it could be you lost your job. It could be you lost a promotion. It could be you lost an opportunity that was passed up and given to someone else. And you know what, through different seasons and on the course of life that we are living and we're experiencing loss on all these different levels, the enemy comes in. He comes in our worlds, he comes in our thoughts, he comes in even our relationships, he comes in circumstances and situations. To get us to quit believing that there is good. To get us to quit believing that God still cares about you. He still has a plan for you. He still sees you where you're at. And he wants to rob us of what God has for our lives. Jesus said, I have come to seek and save after you. Maybe you're in this room and under the sound of my voice, you have quit believing in hope. Maybe not only have you quit believing in hope, but I dare to say you've not only quit believing in hope, you've actually lost all hope. There is no hope in your life anymore. And I'm gonna tell you some things about my own life here in a minute about different things through the course of over 15 to 20 years of my life that I've experienced traumatic loss on many different levels, probably like many of you have. But I wanna start by telling you this. The definition of hope. Now, growing up in school, I was not like a rock star. I mean, I made honor roll, but this girl had to apply herself, right, to get honor roll. Like some of you, it just, you don't even have to study and it just comes to you and you're cranking out the honor system, right? For me, that was not the case. I had to study and study and study to show myself approved, to achieve honor roll. And so growing up, I was like, I struggled with grammar. I struggled with, um, you know, English subjects and writing papers and all that kind of stuff. And so I want to learn definitions of words. Like when somebody's communicating to me, I'm not ashamed to say, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. I don't know what that word means. I'm going to need you to help a sister out. You feeling me? Okay, I'm going to need you to explain what needs to be said in this word. Give me a definition so that I can embrace the word. And so the definition of hope is this. It's, it's simple. How many of you love simple stuff? We don't serve a complicated God right? God is not complicated. This word is not complicated. This word is the truth of God's word that says if you read it and you apply it and you hear it and you do it, it is the truth of God's word that will set you free from any type of situation or distraction or loss that you and I go through. The definition of loss means this, it's confident. It's unshakable, it's unmovable, it's steady, it's secure. It's a firm expectation that God is still God in your life. And no matter what you and I go through of loss or have experienced, that God is still good and he has set his love on you because he has a plan for your life. Regardless if you've lost your hope, regardless if you quit believing in hope, God is still good and he hasn't forgotten you and he sees you where you're at. God says you have to expect it. If you want to receive some things, you better start expecting some things. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through my life and just be like, that's all God's got. Why settle? Why settle? God says that he wants to do more in your life. The word of God says that he wants to do it exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think, regardless of what you've lost. And maybe you're like, Hope, you don't have a clue. You don't have a clue what I've gone through. No, I don't. But you know what? I do know that if you're in here in this place and you're figuring out a little bit about God day by day, piece by piece, that God says nothing is impossible. No situation, no loss is too great for God. You know, I'm reminded in John 10.10, there's a scripture that talks about a thief. Anybody ever met a thief? Don't raise your hand. No, I'm kidding. Maybe you were a thief. Either way, the Word of God says that there is a thief. That the thief comes to steal. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy. He is on a prowl, seeking who he may devour. Now, just as Jesus, as we read in Luke, says that Jesus came to seek and save what is lost, Here in John, it also says that the devil is seeking. So just because you're a Christian, right? Got any Christians up in here? Just because you know Jesus doesn't mean that you're not going to face opposition. Doesn't mean you're going to face hard times and circumstances and situations. There is still a thief out there seeking who he can take out. There is a thief out there seeking on who he can move in someone's life to see that they don't accomplish the will and the plan of God that he has for their life. And I don't know about you, but I'm not settling for no thief in my life. I've had enough thieves come into my life before and create loss in my life that have stolen from me and no more will I allow the enemy to steal from me. I like to say it this way, the devil... He has messed with the wrong woman, right? He has no idea when he comes into my life and my world and my family, he better look out because I'm going to take him out. And you have to have that kind of drive, that kind of faith about you, that kind of hope about you that you are confident that regardless of what you're faced with, because you know what, you're going to be faced with something loss is still out there in the future i'd like to tell you it's going to be a perfect world just because you're a christian and you know god and you love god and you know you're going to face some hard times you're going to face some opportunity to quit believing in hope to quit believing that god loves you to quit believing that god says he doesn't have a plan for you but something on the inside of us come on now something on the inside of us needs to rise up and get a grip and say you know what not today not in this house not in this lifetime not in this day not in this week I know who I am Jesus came to seek and save what was lost out of my life he cared enough to pay the price but the enemy when he comes in our lives he sends people did you know the enemy can send people he can send people and he can send situations that will rob you of your hope. That will rob you of your hope based on what you and I have lost. And God says that that is not his best for our lives. You know, when I think of loss in my own life, I think about several different courses of years, over a decade of years in my life, where I have experienced loss. When I was 16 years old, I was on a youth ski trip of all places and skiing down the mountains, not knowing what I was doing, but, you know, I was kind of a daredevil back then. And while I'm on top of the mountain, I began to lose a lot of blood, just a lot of blood through a female area and did not know what was going on. My body was actually hemorrhaging. While we were up in high altitude. Made it down the mountain and had to be rushed to the Denver hospital. And they call my parents and they're like, Hope is going to need a blood transfusion. Like she's losing so much blood, she's probably going to die. And I remember at 16 years old being in that hospital bed thinking, my hope had died. Like literally, I have nothing left to live for. My life is about to end. Then I can remember at 18 years old where I decided, you know, you get asked that question, so what are you going to do with your life after high school? And you get these rotations of questions, you know, first college, what are you going to be when you grow up? And then married, are you going to get married? And then how many kids? The list goes on and on. And so after um, I was 18, after high school, my dad was like, Hope, you got two options here. He was like, either you can go to Bible school and do kind of like what me and your mom did and go to Bible school, or you can stay here locally and go to a four-year university and we'll help support you. Well, like I said, I hated studying. That was not my thing. I'm like, well, we're not doing that. Girl did not have to pray about what am I gonna do. I was like, we'll take the Bible school option, right? Two years versus four years, sounds like a winner. So yeah, I literally went to Bible school and in my first year of Bible school, it was a two to three year university. Um, And in my first year, that was my very first time. I had just turned 18 years old, as you can imagine, and moved several states away. I did not make the best decisions, right? I did not make a lot of choices that I am proud of at any means. Yes, I knew God and loved God and served God, but through this life that I was living, basically, how a Bible student should not be living, I made a lot of choices that brought a lot of shame That brought a lot of regret, not just to myself, but to my family and their name. My dad was a pastor, a very successful pastor, and a lot of people knew him. And so I was like, dang, like, girl has messed up. And um, through that, I remember going home every night. By this point, I was about 19, looking in the mirror and thinking, who are you? And I would look in the mirror and be like, I don't even know who I am anymore. My hope has died. And then at 20 years old, I'm living right, doing right, me and Jesus all the way, God is good, all these things, and I'm about a month away to graduate from Bible school, and I get a phone call. And on the phone call, they basically, it was a family member, they let me know that my father had passed away of a severe, unexpected heart attack. And he was 45. And so I was like, man, that's steep. That's that's loss. My hope died that day. I get married. Fast forward about six years later, 26. Me and my husband now have been married, as I mentioned, about 17 years now. We got married when we were really young. And so after about six or seven years into the marriage, we're like, we're going to have some kids, right? Like, that's just what you do. We're going to have some kids. And so um, I go to the OB, and he's like, you know, it's not looking good, like, I don't think you're going to be able to have kids, but we can get a second opinion. So he calls the fertility doctor and the fertility doctor's like looking at all the things going on in my world and my body based on that blood transfusion and what was happening when I was 16. And he was like, yeah, the chances of you ever having any children are 99%. Like you're probably never going to conceive and have children. I went home that day, me and my husband looked at each other and I was like, maybe it's just not meant to be. My hope died that day. About 27 years old, moved to about 34. We'll fast forward three kids later. I'll get back to that. Three kids later, right before my third son was about to be born, they noticed something on the sonogram that had never happened with my other two boys. They noticed that his kidneys were not developing and that, you know, there was some dilation in his kidneys which could lead to some other problems. So ended up having him, he was born and then next thing I know the next two years we would be in and out of children's hospitals on a consistent basis to run reports on his kidneys. My hope died that day. I was losing my hope one situation after another. Around 34 years old, I had discovered that someone that was very near and dear to my heart, who loved Jesus, knew Jesus, was being faced with a severe addiction that was not only tearing them apart and those closest to them in their marriage, but little did I know that I would have to help walk them into a treatment facility myself. My hope died that day. Same year time, man, I think about that, 34 through 37 was Horrible for me, where I experienced a lot of loss. 37, around that same time, same little boy, my youngest son, who's four now, they noticed that all these spots were developing on his skin. So my pediatrician was kind of like, don't worry about it. It should go away. They should disappear, but they didn't. It was more, and they were all changing colors, and they were showing up everywhere on his skin. Took him down to the hospital university in Mississippi where he stood pretty much unclothed in front of 20 doctors, unable to decide what was going on. Shipped his results all the way even to Chicago to doctors there. Could not locate what was going on. Came back to um, another doctor, and they basically said, worst case scenario hope it's leukemia my hope died that day and what I want to communicate to you guys today is that all of you in here including me have opportunity on how we respond when we lose things Hope is confident, it is steadfast, it is unshakable. And there is a thief, as I mentioned, out there who will love nothing more than to steal and kill and destroy through people, circumstances, and situations. But I am here to tell you today that you can find hope again and you can get your hope back You may say, how? That seems impossible. The God that I serve says all things are possible. When you come to him and you want to know him more than ever and you put all your trust in God and you say, God, I cannot do anything without you in my life. I had to make that decision again and again and again, and you will have to make that decision every single day through the hard times, the good times, and the bad times to find Christ, and not only find Christ, but find hope. Find what the message of hope is and who it is for. It's for everybody. We encounter people, and you're going to encounter people outside of here during the holidays, even probably tonight at the church pop-up, who have lost all hope. They don't even believe in hope again. They don't even know if God sees them, if God loves them, if God has a plan for them, and they have allowed the enemy to come in and rob them in their situations, in their relationships, even in their minds, that God does not love them, that he doesn't care about them, or what they've lost in their life. And so they quit believing in the goodness of God and God says that he sees them God says that regardless of where you are in your life and what you have lost that he says if you will hold on to the hope of anchor his steadfast savior his steadfast love then because that he has set his love on you he will pull you through any dark time that you face in your life so that you can be saved so that you can see the power of God and the goodness of God come into your world and in your life but you know what I found out? Hope is a choice. Your pastor can't make that choice for you. Your husband can't make that choice for you. Your praying grandma can't even make that choice for you. You have to make the choice, and I have to make the choice that, regardless of what we've lost in our worlds, hope is a choice. Hope is not a feeling. We throw that phrase around all the time. I hope you get the job. I hope you find the right spouse. I hope you get the promotion you're looking for. I hope your child gets healed. And God is saying, Quit hoping, throwing the phrase around, and start believing with a confident expectation that I am still good, that I still come through for you, that I haven't forsaken you, that I haven't lost sight of you, that God says your future is bright and you will walk in the fullness of what God has for your life when you realize how to hope and hope again. Every single day, it's a choice. Every single day, you will have to make that choice. Will I hope or will I resign? Because you know what a lot of us do? A lot of us are over here and we're like, we got this thing. We can do this. And you know what? Loss comes up. Opposition comes up. The enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy and rob us from things. And so we get over here and we resign. If you're hope, and I'm talking about you're confident in what God has for you and your life and your family and wherever he's taking you, you don't resign. You don't even cross over there. You stay over here. You're steady. You're confident. You're secure. Nothing can move you. Nothing can shake you because here's the thing about that I've learned about hope. When I make the choice, when I make the choice to hope in God and hope in God according to what his word defines hope as is when I find God. And when I find God and when you find God and you make that choice, you find your hope again. You find him again. In 2015, I made that choice. And I had mentioned to you guys that I had been and still am in full-time ministry for over 20 years. And I had been working for a church and I'm still working for my, my current church back home. And there was a season in my life in 2015 where I was just like, what am I doing? Like, God is still amazing, and he's still proving himself to me time and time again. But how do I go deeper with God? Like, I know that you love me, God. I know that you see me through all the heartache and the loss and everything. And God was like, Hope, I have to become your anchor. I have to become your steadfast thing. I have to become that whatever the diagnosis is. Because the thing about hope is this, is hope doesn't change a bad diagnosis. Hope doesn't even change an unforeseen circumstance. You know what hope changes? You. It changes me. And I had to get on my knees in 2015 When all these things were happening in my life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I had to go before God, and I had to make a decision to get in his word and say, God, I need you every single day. Through the loss, through the good, through the bad, whatever it looks like, I choose you. I choose you with my mind. I choose you with my words. I choose you with my actions. I choose you with everything on the inside of me every single day to let you know that you matter above anything else in my life. And because I choose you, I find you. And when I find you, I find my hope. I want to read a scripture to you guys in closing. It's in Hebrews 6.19. This is one of my favorite scriptures. And it's talking about hope. And it says this, Now we have this hope as sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It is immovable. It cannot slip. It cannot break down under pressure. Have you ever been pressured before? Maybe your boss has pressured you. Maybe a spouse has pressured you. Maybe you felt financial pressure Maybe you felt career pressure or you've asked yourself, what am I to do with my life? Why am I here? There's got to be more to life than what I'm currently living, even if the life I'm living right now is good. And God says here, he says, it cannot break down under pressure. Whoever steps out upon it that reaches farther and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil, Verse 20, where Jesus has already entered for us, in advance, catch that, in advance, he has already gone before you as a forerunner. That verse simply tells me this, that regardless of what you've lost five years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, regardless of your past, regardless of your future, the next week, the next month, the next day, the next few years, God says regardless of what you've lost when you find Christ and you find hope and you find exactly what God wants to do and work and move in through you he says that nothing can move you because he is your anchor because he's already prepared the way before you arrive on the situation of chaos and breakdowns and pressures and anxiety and stress and loss God says I've already got you he says I've already gone there I've already gone there and I've already prepared the way. So don't worry. Don't fret. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't quit believing. I'm still good and I'm still God and I still have a plan for you. He says, don't worry about it. I've already prepared the way. I've already gone before you. I am so thankful that in my life, I could have quit believing in God. I could have quit believing in his hope. I could have quit believing in his word based on what I had lost, based on what the enemy tried to steal and take away and rob me from. I could have given up and called it quits and said, nope, I just can't. I just can't keep living like this. I just can't keep doing this. The loss is too great. Let me tell you something when Jesus came to seek and save what was lost out of your life and save a sinner from hell so they could spend eternity with him, his whole mission in life, you and I were on his mind. Every single day we're on his mind and his mission was never about judgment. His mission has always been about rescue. And God says that He is for you. He says that He loves you. He says, if you will just quit, if you will just keep believing that He is a good God, that He is a faithful God, that He's already gone before you, and He's already prepared the way. All He needs you to do, all He needs for me to do, is to trust Him, is to know Him, is to surrender to Him. Day after 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 day and say, God, I am yours. I am yours. And whatever you have for me, regardless of what I face, regardless of what is lost, you are my anchor. You are steadfast. I am sure, I am confident in you that what you started in me, you will complete. Now, here's the thing. I say all that and I share all that because like I mentioned, I have lost things like you have lost things. But remember I said, every day you have a choice. Every day you and I have a choice to hope, to believe in God. Out of all those years that I experienced all that, 16 years old, I got my blood transfusion within 24 hours standing here before you today. So clearly I'm not dead. Praise the Lord. 18 years old, got my life turned around, went to Bible school, learned about Jesus on a whole complete level than I have ever learned about. Completed what God needed me to do in there, even though I could have resigned one month before my father passed away. Did I want to quit? Absolutely. Could I have walked back into the world 100%? You know what? No one probably would have judged me because they would have said, the loss. She's lost him. But I went back to my church and gave everything I possibly could through the good, bad, and the ugly for the last 20 years, to do whatever I needed to do because I refused to let the devil say, I've stolen from you. Our church reaches over 4,000 people every single weekend. So just because it seems like we've lost someone in the natural, the people that were willing to say yes and to press on, regardless of the loss, are reaching people all around the world today. At 34 or 26 years old, when they said I couldn't have children, I remember going and writing all in a baby's nursery where there was no baby and saying every single day for two years, I am the pregnant one. I am the pregnant one. And you know what? I remember God telling me that that final second year, He would give me a child before the year ended. And on New Year's Eve, Two minutes before it turned into a new year, he said, go take a pregnancy test. I took a pregnancy test, and me and my spouse just shouted and cried and got on our knees and worshiped God. Because what the doctor said was impossible. That could be lost. God said, it is found. Because my hope was in God. I made the decision to hope. At 34 years old, when they said, my little boy, his name is Jagger, my youngest. When they said, Jagger has all these spots, it's going to be leukemia. I went and got a second opinion six months later and commanded those spots to leave his body. And they could not find no trace of the spots or leukemia in his body. <laughs> Hallelujah. The person that was involved into addiction and treatment center is no longer even there. They are restoring their life, their marriage, what God wants to do in them and through them, turning their lives around because they made the choice to hope, to find Christ in the midst of loss. And maybe you're in here today. Whatever you have lost, regardless of what you have lost, God says when you make the choice to hope that there is always hope. There is always hope found in Christ. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, thank you for being such a good God. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you have not failed us. You have not given up on us. Maybe you're in here today or maybe you're watching online. And I want to encourage you, if you say, you know, Hope, I don't even know this Jesus that you say you spend time with, that you love, that you worship, that you get to know. I don't even know who that man is. And I feel like I am losing in life. I feel like I've lost my joy, my peace, my dreams, my sense of belonging. I've wanted to give up. And actually, I've quit believing in hope. I've lost all the hope. And you say, I want to know this Savior I want to know this God that you have a relationship with. I'm going to ask you all over just to slip up your hand and put it right back down. You say, thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Maybe you're in here and you say, Hope, I am saved. I love God. I serve God to the best of my ability. But I have turned my back on God. I quit believing that God is still good, that he still actually loves me and has a plan for me but I know that he does deep down. Deep down, there's something that is calling me. And maybe that's you and you say, I wanna rededicate my life to Christ. I wanna show God that just as you showed God in the year of 2015, that you are serious about him like never before. You're not just wanting to take up space and live Christianity week after week and not do what God is asking you to do and say what he needs you to say and go where he wants you to go. But, but I want to rededicate my life to Christ and I want God to fill me with his hope that it's unmovable, it's unshakable, that my hope is found in Christ, that he is steady and secure regardless of what I have lost. I want him to lead me and guide me. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for all those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you saw every single person in this place, Father. Every single person in this place, Father God, that raised their hand, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you were going to show yourself strong in their midst, in their relationships, in their finances, and their conversations, God, I thank you that you love them. You've not given up on them. You've not forsaken them, Father, but I thank you you're going to come through for them, Father. I thank you that their hope is sure, and it's steadfast, and you've already gone before them, Father, that they hold on to hope, Father God, that as they find you, Father, as they find you, Father God, that they find their hope, Father. And they make the choice every single day to hope again. Because regardless of what they've lost, there is hope for them, God. Lord, thank you for believing in us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for loving us, God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.